Welcome to the North Rock Church Podcast. For more great content and updates, visit northrockchurch.com. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, Team North Rock. How are we? Are we good? Are you guys ready to adventure together today? I know you are because you guys brave those streets out there, right? Who says people don't show up to church when it snows, right? Come on, North Rock. You're here, right? So last week, we kicked off a new series uh, that was titled, What's Happening to My Church? Which, if we really designed the title and set it the way that it feels sometimes, just the anxiety that can be within any structure, any system, or any organization, it's more like, what's happening to my church? Right? Anybody ever feel that? Yeah, because it's real, right? It's real. Um, And really, what we talked about last week was Pastor Andrew brought a great word, to remind us, in order for us to see the new thing that God is doing, we've got to be willing to let go of some of the old things that we're holding to. Amen? That's part of what we talked about. Um, but, but really, the, the whole series that we're talking through um, are addressing some of the shifts in our staffing and our structure and us coming to just being one service today, okay? So on a, on a snowy uh, morning where the storm's really hitting right at the time service starts, it's a good day to all be in the house together with each other, amen? It's a good place. And the other part is I don't have to conserve any energy to hold back for the second service, so I'm going to give it to you guys with an extra shot of espresso. How about that? Is that all right? I'm going to preach a little bit today, okay? So uh, what I'm talking about today is helping us lean into this story uh, from a book that our staff and our leaders and our, our uh, council has been processing over the last several months, a uh, better part of a half of a year. Uh, book's title is Canoeing the Mountains, um, and it's talking about exploring uncharted territory and some of the shifts and changes that are coming to the, the American, American church. And it's built upon uh, the, the, the core of discovery, right? In, um, I just forgot their name, Ed, help me out. Lewis and Clark's expedition, right? Lewis and Clark going from St. Louis. Thank you, Ed. Everybody give it up for Ed for helping the pastor get his. Lewis and Clark leaving St. Louis in boat and floating and rowing and canoeing to go and see what is out west, right? And at some point along the way in their great adventure, what happened? They ran out of water, didn't they? Like they, can you imagine what it felt like to them when they're rowing and they're all of a sudden they start hitting the bottom and they're like, you can imagine they're all dragging with the rows. Come on, put your shoulder into it. Let's go, come on. And they're trying to dig and they're trying to dig and then they realize this is flat land. There's no more water that's going to connect us back out to the further west. And so at that point, they had to make an adjustment, didn't they? They had to see things differently. They had to find a different path, right? And they had to take a different posture. They had to move from rowing into walking. Now, the real question that I have is over these thousands of miles that they walked and that they climbed and that they worked through, as they got out on the plains, how long do you think they carried those canoes? I mean, you can imagine, right? You're just, you know, first couple of miles, it's like, come on, we can do this. You look up and you're in Kansas, right? You're going to St. Louis, you're, okay, you're, 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 you're a little off track, but, but you're carrying those canoes. 
And at some point during that journey, they had to come to the, to the end of themselves, the end of the vision that they had, and say, this is not going to work. It's time to put down the canoes. It's time to put down the paddles. And we need to figure out how to climb over some mountains. Let me ask you, anybody facing some mountains in your life today? That's what we're going to be talking about today, both organizationally and individually. We as a congregation, we as a culture, are facing a dramatic disruption. And again, this book that we've been reading, Canoeing Mountains, uh, by Todd Bolsinger, uh, uses that story to speak into what the American church is currently uh, trying to navigate through. Okay, they're, 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 we're practicing some adaptive leadership because we've had a dramatic disruption. Okay, and so the whole idea of the book and the whole idea of the season that we find ourselves in is that it's adapt and adventure once again into uncharted territory. We need to let go and we need to keep going no matter what, right? So I imagine when they had to make their adaptation, when they had to make the adjustments that they made, and here's the beauty of their story, right? They did that entire journey and only one person perished along that whole way. Can you believe that? And they did it just by getting sick, right? But it required them to do something. It required them to have a reorientation of the vision that they had, the path that they were taking, and the posture that they were bringing. My encouragement to us today is that we are in the midst of a culture shift uh, that we have not seen in our lifetime. That the modern society, the modern self-identity markers have a lot to do with kind of a free and autonomous and consumer-oriented perspective. Can we agree on that? And we are those people, right? I mean, all of that is important to us. Um, But what we're coming out of is an era in the U.S., in the Western church of 1,700 years of Christendom, where basically the, the, the odds were stacked in our favor, that the things the society did, even in the way that they patterned their lives, were to make sure that people were in church and worshiping God and doing the things that we valued as a moral kind of consensus uh, during that time. Are you guys tracking with me? So, what we find ourselves in the midst is not all bad news. It's opportunity if we can adjust, if we can make the changes, if we can see things differently, if we can, if we can move out into the new territory in different ways. The good news is, is that the, the, the data tells us, the research tells us that people are more interested in spiritual things, in spirituality, than maybe ever before. Isn't that a good thing, church? The issue is that they like to explore that individually. <laughs> and they like to mix and match and put a bunch of different things together to try to create this spiritual, you know, uh, experience, Right? And as part of that, there's, there's a, a perspective of, of moving away from anything that smells, looks, or acts like organized religion. You know, as we, as we worship here today, the average church, actually the lower end, the, the more moderate numbers, the more conservative numbers say that we're closing 100 churches a week because of the shift that we're in. So if it feels like, what's happening to my church? It's okay. It's normal. And the way that we get through is the same way that that they got through on this great expedition, right, with Lewis and Clark. They stayed calm, 
right? And how many of you would agree with me when someone says stay calm, the hardest thing to do is stay calm? Because there's a reason that they're telling you to stay calm, right? But that's what leadership is. We stay calm. We stay connected, right? And we stay the course. We stay the course. We'll be reminded that things won't look the same, but, but we can stay calm, we can stay connected, and we can stay the course. See, we're journeying off of the map. And in order to do that, we want to do two things. We want to make sure that we're faithful to what this community is and has always been in the, in the values of who God has shaped us to be. You guys realize we have a specific pattern of DNA in this church, right? And it doesn't look like other ones because this is, this is what God has done in this expression of his life. That we want to stay faithful to that, but we also want to stay faithful to the purposes for which we exist. And that is to reach all people with the good news of Jesus Christ. To see him lifted up high and to see their lives transformed in the way that Jesus is transforming us, right? So let me pray and then I'm going to dive in. If we're not already dove in, it feels like we're kind of dove in. But I want to share three what I think are key uh, passages from the scriptures that reinforce that really where we're headed is what we were always created to be. Do you guys realize that every single organization, every single movement, every single group, every single business starts, right, with a mission? As that mission grows, it gets momentum, right? It starts to get a movement. And when it has movement, it gathers people together. And about the time that it gets that movement, it turns itself into something else, right? It turns itself into a monument, it's why we build things, right? It's like, okay, we're strong enough now we can own property. Woo, yeah. And then after a while, we become comfortable with where it is and what we have. And the good news is that God has always drawn us back out into uncharted territories out of our comfort zones. Because what happens if we stop there and we just become this monument is eventually you become a museum. Right? In a museum where we're going, oh, remember when God did that back in 19 whatever, 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 right? Remember when this happened to God? And that's good because we remind ourselves that God is faithful and this is his church and that God is doing what he has always done, drawing people to himself, transforming their lives, and moving them out on mission, right? He's always doing that. But if we don't roll back into the mission part of that, then we go from being a museum to a mortuary. Come on, somebody. Am I, am I being truthful today? Right? I am. So let's pray, and then I'm going to talk to you about new perspectives. Okay? New paths and new perspectives that God is doing in us. Father, we thank you for your word to us today. We thank you, Lord, that you are always at work in our midst. Lord, we thank you for that song, Waymaker. What an appropriate time to introduce that song. We love you. We declare you are our way maker. We pray that you would speak truth to us. Lord, that no matter what we're talking about in this message, how it applies to us as a church, as a society, and as individuals, Lord, most of all, that we would hear your voice, that we would sense your presence, and Lord, that we would be transformed by interacting with you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I think we're in a point where we can agree that we are in uncharted territories. And the hardest thing as a pastor, as the leader of this church, is to stand before you and say, I, I don't know what to do next. Good news is it's not my church. Good news is the Holy Spirit is leading. Good news 
is that as we wait on God, as we wait on Jesus, he speaks, he leads, and he guides. And where he guides, he provides. Amen? So we're exploring uncharted territory, and it's going to require a new perspective. A new perspective on our gatherings, on the way that we grow together, and the way that we go back out into the world. And one of the, the, the primary texts that we talk about when we talk about going is the sending of Jesus sending his disciples in Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. If you have your Bibles, open them up. If not, I'm going to have it on a giant Bible behind my head here, okay, on the projection unit. So Matthew 28, 16 through 20 reads this. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Lord, help us in our unbelief. Amen. Verse 18. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you and be sure of this. I am. Am with you always, even to the ends of the age. Isn't that good? Isn't that a great promise? Doesn't that just fill you with confidence and clarity? No matter what we see, what we feel, what's going on, God is at work. Amen? So uh, I wanted to share an image with you that, that some of you are familiar with because we've been talking about this shift that we've been going through as a church for the last probably five years, okay? And so this is basically when we decided to settle as a church when gathering Big buildings and putting a bunch of seats in it and turning all the chairs to look at the guy on the stage while he tries to capture your attention and keep your attention and say something that imparts some encouragement to your heart. We built big buildings. We, we, we paid pastors. We paid staff. And then those people did the ministry to the congregation. You see the way that works? But that's kind of how things were set up in modernity. Okay, And it was easy because you would basically just open the doors and people were flooding in because they were looking to be a part of the society of gathering of people in the church. Okay, What we've been trying to do ever so slowly is be faithful to what God has done here in the past and honor those that have gone before us. Right, Because any change is always some sort of uh, reformation or reframing what's been done in the past. Right, we want to honor those who've gone before. We're realizing that we can't stay here. We can't keep carrying the canoes. Right, so we've been tipping that over. Okay, so without a big right, thank God it hasn't gone crash. Right, and the the message that we've been talking about is that this ministry exists for the equipping of the body of Christ to be the body of Christ. How many of you would believe with me that, that, that we get a lot more caring done, a lot more witnessing done, a lot more ministry done when we're all participating in the body? Right? That the whole idea is we'd tip that over, and then as part of that, we'd have less, uh, less weight on the tip of that cone, that triangle, and more back out into the distributive body of the work of Christ. Right? So a missional people is what we become by inviting people in and by living out in shared space, the life that Jesus has afforded us, right? It's just that reminder that this is, a, this is a team game, right? We're Team North Rock, that Jesus moves in each of you the same way he moves in me, right? We agree with that, church? Amen. I like that, Ron. I heard that back there. 
Ed Friedman, in A Failure of Nerves, says this. He says, conceptually stuck systems cannot become unstuck simply by trying harder. For a fundamental reorientation to occur, the spirit of adventure, which optimizes serendipity and which enables new perceptions become beyond our control of our thinking processes, must happen first. Did you guys catch that? There's a reorientation that God is doing amongst his people right now. And it's going to require that we see things differently. And as we see things differently, we find the new path that he has for us forward. Right? It's that old saying, like, you don't, you, you don't have to go home, but we can't stay here. Right? That's, that's basically what God is saying to us right now. <clears throat> and in that, we're moving from ministry to into ministry through. It's a new pathway. It's a multiplication of disciple-making disciplers, which is really an old idea, right? 2 Timothy 2, 2 says, I will impart to you, to a few, who impart to a few, who impart to a few. And through that, there's this miracle multiplication that God does in encouraging hearts and lives and drawing people to himself. Really, that is what it was always intended to be. The second primary text that reinforces that sending nature, that going command that God has given to us to make disciples is in Acts 2. But I want to say just real quick, briefly, about that passage in Matthew 28. Do you guys realize that as your pastor, I don't have the flexibility to redefine what what biblical discipleship is? Do you understand that, that what the disciples of the scriptures are, are the disciples that Jesus is turning us into? Does that make sense? That I don't have that flexibility. I can't just say, hey, you know what? I think just gathering here and you guys just watching me. This is pretty awesome. Let's just do this, right? All right, it's, it's okay. It may not be awesome, but it's okay, right? It's his church. It's his ministry. It's his movement. Acts chapter 2, verses 44 through 47 says, And all the believers, everybody say all. All the believers met together in one place and shared everything that they had. They sold their property and their possessions and shared their money with those that were in need. They worshiped together in the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people, And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those that were being saved. You guys see the blueprint right there? They were gathering, they were growing, and they were going together. And a few key characteristics of the Holy Spirit amongst them, right? God's generosity, his favor, right? And, of course, there was food involved. So, I mean, that's a good thing. Right? But there was also great joy in their midst. Do you realize that what we just read is a beautiful definition of what it means to love one another? <laughs> if we would, it's a good question. It's Acts chapter 2, verses 44 through 47. Is it not working? Did it work? Nope, that's not it. All right, it's not on there. That's, that's my mistake, not their mistake, y'all. Acts chapter 2, verses 44 through 47. If you don't believe me, go look it up this week. All right? So, but the next image that is ready to come up is showing kind of this idea of moving from a complicated system into uh, a system of interrelated connections, which really is what it looks like. We're built for this model, right? 
that we break it down, it comes, comes down from that hill, and we just kind of distribute it throughout, right? It's just the charge from command to execution. Okay, the second one is kind of where we've been trying to lean into as a congregation of becoming a team North Rock, where we have multiple people leading multiple teams really in an autonomous way as the Holy Spirit leads them and as they identify their giftings, they identify their passions. We bless and we pray and we support and we encourage, but they don't come to me, thank God, for every decision of every ministry of everything that we do. Because realize how that changes the dynamic? It's, it's, it's really decentralized empowerment. And it's how God's body is designed as an organism, right? Okay, so the next one is where we're headed, where I believe we need to be, because that's where our society is, right? Have you tried to, like, just get calendars to align to go out to dinner with somebody lately? Oh, I got soccer practice over here, and then, oh, yeah, I'm with that club, and, oh, I've got to work, and then my family. It's very taxing <laughs> to find the right people and the right connection points with everyone, right? So... So that's kind of what we're dealing with. That is the change in our society, okay? So uh, Dallas Willard says it this way, and I love it because I think it reinforces what's going on in that picture right there. He said that the gospel is less about how to get into the kingdom of heaven after you die, and it's more about how you live in the kingdom of heaven before you die. That this is the body of Christ at work in any situation, that's what it's to look like. Okay, so, but if we're going to get there, we've got to recognize it's going to take a new perspective. It's going to take new paths. Right? To me, one of the things that I'm seeing more and more because of that model and because of where that's at is the front door of our church is no longer 10100 Grant Street. It is a front door, but I think our primary front door is in our homes as we open our hearts and our lives and the places that we live to see God activated in our hearts and lives in our neighborhood, right? That it's coming, that's the new front door and how God is working. And so we're praying that he would allow us, afford us, new places to grow together and to go forward together. And finally, it's going to take a new posture. We talked about the new posture that they had to take where they dropped the canoes and they stopped walking hunchback through the plains and they had to get some rigging and start climbing over the Rocky Mountains to get to where they were going, didn't they? It's time for us to climb, y'all. It's going to take a different perspective, a different path, and a different posture. But we're moving from here to there. We're moving from gathering to growing to going, which is... The dream of North Rock Church, every person transformed by an experience with Jesus Christ, right? That we become part of his dream for reaching all people. And that's the goal. What we're designed for and what we're facing looks very much like this. Did I? What did I skip? A bunch of them. Hey, is this my message or is this not my message? I don't, I don't know what happened here. Who's preaching this thing? Okay, so, so what did I miss? All right, you sure? All right. And I'm just, I'm just. That's why I have notes, so I stay on track. And now I'm not on track, and so I'm very confused. Okay. 
So, but the idea is that we're moving, yeah, thank you, to new, new postures, right? That's where we're at, new postures, okay? Uh, the Team North Rock Dream is that is true transformation. And the writer of this book that we're talking, that we've referenced in this, Canoeing the Mountains, Todd Bolsinger, says this. He says, at the heart of adaptive leadership for the church is the conviction that the church is the body of Christ, it's the living organism. It's the vibrant system. And just like human bodies, human organizations thrive when they are cooperating with the wisdom of God for how the system is designed, how it grows, and how it adapts to changing external environments. And you and your body, or you know that your body has to adjust to a new time zone after a plane flight, right? And to new foods when you arrive in a new culture, right? Right? And you know you have to learn a new language or develop new skills for navigating the outdoor market in a foreign land. That's what adaptive leadership's all about. The way that living human systems learn and adapt to changing environments so that they can fulfill their purpose for being, right? That's what we're talking about here is a different approach, a different posture. And that posture, I think, is one that's outlined in Second Timothy, excuse me, Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 8. It basically says this. By his divine power, God has given us everything that we need for a godly life. (laughs) We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence... He has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, we make every effort, everybody say every effort, to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. And moral excellence with knowledge. And knowledge with self-control. And self-control, patient endurance. And patient endurance with godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection. And brotherly affection with love for everyone. That that is the maturation process of living the life of Christ out. And it's said right here uh, in verse 8, this, the promise that the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So, all of that simply to say, I'm going to ask the, the worship team to come up. I think we need, we need a little more practice with that song, Waymaker. What about you? Huh? Should we do it again? I think we should. All that is simply to say that every organization, every human life goes through a full life cycle. This church stands at just over 30 years old. Did you know that? Isn't that a cool thing? It's amazing. But moving from mission to monument to, to museum to mortuary, the only way that changes is if we get back out on mission. And this is what I have to say about being on mission, you guys. You've got to track with me just a minute. I know they're getting ready. I know we're going to lean in and we're going to respond to the Lord in, in worship. But new seasons necessitate new scoreboards. Can I just tell you that we can no longer gauge our effectiveness in our culture by simply butts and bucks and buildings. 
Is that too blunt? Am I, am, I, am I being too blunt? Am I being too straightforward? I know not for you. But here's what I wanted to tell you. What if I told you that I know of a church that over the past five years has sent out a full-time missionary, planted a church, sponsored another denominational church planner with their building, championed a church that speaks a different language, sent a new missional community into a different urban context, adopted another church in its later years of its life cycle, hosted six-plus-per-year trainings for dozens and dozens and dozens of new church planners. They've hosted regional church trainings. They've prayed and they supported five other missionaries that are being supported around the world because of that church's life. Would you consider that progress? Would you consider that movement? Would you consider that? Because guess what, church? That's you. That's us. That's what's been happening the last five years. And so, yeah, we can look around and say, yeah, we could, you, we could use some more butts, some more bucks to fill up this building. But we've been moving back into mission. And because of that, a new season of harvest is coming. Why do we know that? How do we know that? Because Jesus is still at work. He's still fulfilling the Great Commission. And if we can just see in a new way and order our lives to a new path and take a different posture with our society. How many of you guys know that if we could just show the right posture in our society right now, Jesus would minister to people. That there's a new harvest coming. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are leading us on a great adventure. Thank God we can't afford to stay here and play it safe, but rather, Lord, you're calling us back out as you called the disciples initially. Lord, you're calling us back out as a core of discovery to see what you are doing in our midst. Lord, I pray that you would speak to every person here, that you would remind us that we are your sons and your daughters, that your love for us is uncontainable. Help us to live out that love in a way that affects somebody else's life this week. Help us, Lord, to show your love to others, knowing that your love never fails. Let's worship in Jesus' name. Father, we look to you to be not just our direction, but our sustenance in all seasons. We thank you that you paved a way for us, <laughs> that you made a way for us to live out your scriptures, Matthew 28, Acts 2, and 1 Peter chapter 2. Lord, that that is who you are, and we find great courage in being reminded this morning that you are the way-making God. You know, church, I just uh, had this thought that I'm going to share with you. I, I hope it encourages you as we get ready to close our service here. This morning, I had to take my 15, can you believe Cameron is 15 years old? She's in a graduated driving program. That graduated driving program had their last meeting today in Louisville Middle School in the middle of that storm. So she learned a little bit about driving in the snow by watching her dad white knuckle that thing, right? <laughs> and I just had this thought. I hope it encourages your heart. And it's simply this, that there were some dicey moments in that. Moments where I thought, you know what? Maybe we should just call it. Maybe we should just go home. Maybe we should just wait for better weather. Maybe we should just stop and pull over and just wait for all this to melt. You guys ever been there before? You ever had something standing in front of you so big that you just go, God, if you don't move it, 
it's not moving, right? And then as we're driving, I gain courage. You know why I gain courage? Because one of those big, bad dot trucks with the gravel and the plow got in front of us and just created a path. And I'm telling you, when you're in a Chevy Malibu with bald tires, that's a welcome sight to see. You know what I'm saying? Can I just suggest this morning that your way maker is making a way in your situation? That your way maker is making a situation, making a way in our situation. That our way maker is making a way in the world situation. And guess what? He already has. Amen? Amen. So we're going to pray a prayer that we pray every single week here at North Rock, whether it's your first time or your 500th time. It's, it's our confession. It's our reminder that our way maker has made a way for us to live in fellowship with God and with other people. So let's pray that prayer. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin and you rose from the grave three days later. I receive forgiveness for every failure and sin in my life and give to you the right to direct my life from this day forward. I dedicate myself to learning the scripture, living in fellowship with God's people, following you in water baptism. In Jesus' name, we pray and we trust. Amen, 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 amen. Hey, can we give God an applause? Thank you, Lord, for the work you're doing in us. Thank you, Lord, for the hearts that are being healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for the work that you do as Savior and Lord of our lives. Amen. Thanks for listening to the North Rock Church Podcast. For more information about our church and upcoming events, check us out at northrockchurch.com. Or you can find us on Facebook or Instagram.